1: I know for a fact, Aaron, that Doug Gottlieb wishes he was in this chair right now. I know he was in for okay. Colin Cowherd on the herd earlier today on Fox Sports Radio, and he's in Indianapolis covering the Big Ten tournament. But I know for a fact that Doug Gottlieb would want to be in this chair right now. You want to know why I know that, Aaron?
2: I mean, I could take a guess, but I'll, uh, Go you ahead. know Doug better than I. Well, because if you want to take fan, a guess, right?
1: Absolutely. And you know why else he would he would want to be in this chair is because he, he was always the one who sided with the Raiders in the Khalil Mack trade. And the Khalil Mack trade from the Raiders to the Bears was one where many of us said, "How could you do this if you're John Gruden? You are crazy." And Doug always said, "No, he wasn't." For a variety of reasons. But I think today, with now this breaking news that we brought to you about 10 minutes ago, another major trade in the NFL, and as Aaron alluded to, Doug's a Chargers fan, the Chargers getting Khalil Mack in a trade with the Chicago Bears for a second-round pick this year. And a sixth round pick next year. That is why Doug Gottlieb is kicking himself. That and baseball's back as well. Uh, we've got that for you. But man, uh, what a, what a story about the NFL. And it's funny, Aaron, because we you know we've been talking today, and the news that Major League Baseball's lockout was over came down about three twenty five Eastern Time was when it ended up happening. We we're joined by John Morosi. Uh, Soon thereafter, who had been all over the story. I I do think that when it comes to the lockout, the, the toughest part about the lockout for fans has been they, by and large, don't care about a competitive balance tax. They don't care about an international draft. They don't care about these things. What they care about is not having games. Yep. And so that's just the debate the, 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 like there's no breakdown. I don't think fans are like, can you believe that they actually pushed the threshold? There, there's, there's a group <laughs> of them out there. But in the general consensus and, and, and the people that are really hurt by it are, are the ones that just want to be able to go to a baseball game in July when they take their week's vacation. You know, they want to go well, on that road trip and continue their their ballpark, you know, tour and stuff like that. That's really where, like, Major League Baseball in the lockout, like in the true nuts and bolts of it, they don't care about the details of what's going on in the CBA. It's just, tell me again why I don't have baseball. And the good news for them? there's no longer a reason to tell them why they don't have baseball because they have it now.
2: Yeah, and we'll get back to Khalil Mack and all the NFL stuff as well in a minute, but I, I agree with you 100%. I was actually kind of surprised, uh, Dan, to be honest, about some of the reaction from, from people in our business that I like and that I respect, and it's not a personal thing, but I saw so many people say, "Oh, I mean, who, who cares if we miss a couple weeks in, in, in April of baseball? And I'm like, it's not that we're missing weeks of April baseball, which obviously it's cold. You know, uh, in much of the country, the weather's not great, Mm -hmm. not great attendance, all that stuff. It's the concept that the MLB doesn't realize how damaging losing games can, what it it can mean for, as you said, the average guy and girl. I don't think that baseball, you know, kind of makes its hay, if you will, during the summer off of the diehard that tunes into every single game, every single night. I think it's exactly the, the person that you just described. The person that on a Tuesday night says, hey, let's go to the ballpark. A person that maybe lives two, three, four hours from the closest MLB city and they make a weekend out of it. The guys, as you said, or girls that, that, you know, road trip where you hit two or three ballparks over a four or five day stretch. So I'm glad that they're back and I'm glad that common sense has prevailed because that was my exact thought was and I'll be honest, I, I mean, I even said it when JP was on earlier today is that. I'm not the type of person that was in the minutiae of exactly all of the elements that you said. I just want to know, when are we going to get baseball? Why don't we have baseball? I don't care about the details. I'm sorry to the players. I'm sorry to the owners. Just get this thing done. And I do give them credit where they ultimately really aren't giving up really anything, um, essentially because we are ultimately going to get 162-game season, even, even if it's in a little bit of a condensed time frame.
1: It's funny because I think that the and – I, and I did it in the joking term of frequently asked questions about what's going to happen with Major League Baseball because there were a lot of things thrown out there, but that is what I think fans want to know. All right. How many teams are there in the playoffs? Okay, there's not going to be 14. There's going to be 12. All right, so we got that. Uh, DH, we're going to have a DH in the National League? Okay, we are. So let's let's move on from that. That sort of stuff, and the stuff in that window, I think, ended up getting overshadowed because of what we saw with uh, all of these luxury tax and competitive balance tax issues that uh, that ended up uh, and the international draft scenario in that situation, on how that ended up taking over the conversation when it came to uh, to to the negotiations over the last couple of weeks, I just don't think that baseball fans cared that, it, uh, and, and were likely bothered that an international draft was going to be the reason why they weren't going to be able to watch uh, spring training games in Arizona or Florida. Agreed. and 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 so that's that's how it ends up playing out. But the good news for baseball fans is that baseball will be back, and you'll get your 162-game schedule. Uh, The difference between 162 and 144 when you spread it out, uh, you, you wouldn't notice it anyway. You noticed it when they played sixty games, but but when you only have an eighteen game difference when you play one hundred and sixty two, it's just like the NBA last year and the the shrunken schedule that they had. You didn't necessarily notice it. You just felt that there was maybe a few more games because the calendar was shrunk, but you had no idea if it was sixty, if it was seventy two, or if it was the normal eighty two. It's just there's there's no rate, no way to really get a sense of that when you play so many games.
2: So no, one hundred percent, and and that's I think the biggest positive out of everything is that you lost two games on two weeks on the calendar of what would have been games but uh the, the season itself isn't going to change that much the structure of it once we get to week two week three day 10 whatever I don't think anybody's even going to notice a difference
1: it has been a crazy week in the NFL we're going to recap it for you. we're going to do that in about 10 minutes or so because I think that there's stuff that's gotten lost and I don't, Aaron you want to weigh in on that I do want to let the audience know the listener know that Today's show is brought to you by Discover. Real credit card questions require real people, someone who understands your issues and works to resolve them with you. That's why Discover offers helpful US-based representatives available 24/7. Discover, exceptionally common sense. And I go back to the uh story that we started off with with the breaking news of Khalil Mack being traded by the Bears to the to the Chargers. And it is. I mean, when you look at at the Chargers and just trying to attack that AFC West now with the addition of of Russell Wilson in absolute I I don't know if it's a it's a home run sort of deal. Because I do think that there's questions about Khalil Mack's health, but if there is an, an available pass rusher that is available for you, this is now such a, a a point, counterpoint back and forth within the AFC West because Denver's saying, okay, we have weapons, now we need somebody to get uh, the football to those weapons, so they bring in Russell Wilson, and now you got a quarterback stack division, and now the Chargers make their chess move. It's not the biggest play, but to me right now it's the most intriguing area of, of the Khalil Mack acquisition by the Chargers, not because it's the newest, but because now it is a chess game. Like now, all of these teams are going to be making moves uh, in correspondence to other moves that have been making, uh, that have been made. And this in the NFL is not something that has happened year after year after year. Like this is the new NFL. And we talk about the NFL dominating the headlines. Another reason why they've been able to dominate the headlines is now their offseason has gotten 10 times better. So I just I love this move and how it's so counteractive. I don't know if it's going to work out for the Chargers or not. I don't think that there's a question uh, to that. But to be able to do that, to try to go after the quarterbacks in the AFC West, is it just actually has me salivating of what we're getting in this NFL offseason.
2: Let me ask you this. I asked uh, Anthony uh, Tresch earlier today um, about this concept. Do you think this is a... Rams of vacation if you will of the NFL where there's 31 other front offices fan base whoever that sat there and said well wait a second now why does this have to be a five-year plan why sure. do we have to keep yeah, yeah like why do we have to keep all of our draft picks and, and I always say like there's no like you can't really say we're just gonna duplicate what the Rams did because there's only so many Odell Beckham's and Vaughn Millers but one thing that I've never understood is, is a couple things one I've never understood the idea of draft capital we admit that you miss even on first round picks you admit you miss on 50% of them so why do we hold on to them like they're worth their weight in gold but then beyond that something that Jason Martin and I talk about all the time on our Saturday show is the idea that I just think in 2022, we've been doing this long enough to know Super Bowl windows, championship windows, title windows—whatever you want to whatever you want to call them—they're uh, much smaller than people realize. And I always use the reference: the the Oklahoma City Thunder make the the NBA Finals, excuse me, in 2012, and we just assume that they'll they'll get they're going to own this mm-hmm. conference and this league for the next decade. Fast forward, and all of a sudden, they haven't been back to the finals since. Obviously, uh, trade James Harden, Kevin Durant, and Russell Westbrook eventually leave as well. And so, I wonder if other front offices. And people that actually have power are starting to realize that is like you know you're the Chargers you feel good because you have Justin Herbert but whether it is because of the fact that um, you know the way last season ended where you missed the playoffs in the the most you know crushing way possible losing on the final day of the regular season final game of the regular season whether it's because uh, you just feel like y- you you have a roster built for now with Justin Herbert I don't know what it is but whether it is a Ramsification, whether it's a cross sport thing I do wonder if. A- all these franchises are starting to realize, you know what, the, these championship windows that we always talk about, they're a lot smaller than we expect sure. and we gotta take advantage when we can. I think that the Rams probably get too much credit, but I think that
1: there's something that you're on to because I do think that we give them credit to to sit there and say like all right, we aren't going to rebuild. It's your your point about the the window opening. I think that that the the playoff windows that we have now, there's a lot more windows and they open and shut a lot quicker than than we are used to in what was happening in the NFL say a decade ago. Because I don't look at it as a Rams vacation necessarily. I actually look at it as a Bengals scenario. A Falcons scenario a Carolina Panthers scenario like this Bengals team came from the bottom of the National Football League great and they have a star quarterback in Joe Burrow have some weapons and were able to put something together and make a run and ended up in the Super Bowl there was nothing that the Bengals did in the past that would tell you that they were on the verge of not only going to the playoffs but also going to this to a super bowl and i think when you look at like the atlanta falcons when they went five years ago they got in close four years prior to that but they didn't go to the playoffs in the span from when they lost to the 49ers in 2012 to when they actually went to the super bowl in 2016 they didn't make the playoffs between those three years so now you have this one-off season and the falcons made it the next year and guess what Haven't been back since the Panthers in the Cam Newton year. You had that great 15 and one campaign, but what was there after that? Like those, that's where I think that the NFL is. And while the Rams of going out, it, it really helps by the way, when you have Aaron Donald, like when you have the most dominant player in the NFL, like you're going to be competitive and if other pieces work out and it's not to minimize what the Rams have done. What I think though, is what you're seeing is with these other teams is that, You don't need to have a full rebuild. You just need to be able to do it that year and then you figure it out. And that's where I think like there's no more deals that I think that are handcuffing teams. There are very few deals, Aaron, that I think handcuff teams, you know, for three and four years down the line, maybe Matt Ryan's contract is one of them uh, because it was just so much owed to him that they couldn't move him. But Their ascension to the top was pretty sudden, just like the Panthers were, just like the Bengals were. And I think that's what drives it. So I don't think it's the Rams because the Rams have actually consistently bet in the playoffs. I just think it's teams thinking, you know what, if we can make a push this year, let's worry about this year and then, you know, forget about the next year.
2: Totally fair. And I will say, you know, just to kind of put a button on the point, I totally agree that it has made this time of year really fun. I mean, we talk about the NFL being a 365-day-a-year sport now, uh, where all of a sudden, obviously, we, we have more draft covers than ever before, and it's because people want it. And now you have kind of this free agency trade window, all that stuff. Uh, it's a fun time to be an NFL fan. I know we're going to talk about just how crazy this specific week has been coming up.
1: Khalil Mack, now going to be a member of the Los Angeles Chargers. He's Aaron Torres. I'm Dan Byer. This is the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. You can find Aaron on Twitter at Aaron underscore Torres. You can find me on Twitter at Dan Byer on Fox. John Ramos is here, our technical producer. He's also our Mountain West insider, giving us the latest of what's happening in the Mountain West Conference. As only John Ramos knows how five years running he has been doing this. John, do you have an update of what's happening in Sin City?
0: Dan, it's funny you should mention this. The game is over and Boise State survives. They beat Nevada 71 69. Marcus Shaver Jr. got the rebound after Keenan Blackshear missed a three point jumper that would have won the game for Nevada. It didn't go down with six seconds left, and Boise State will move on to face the winner of that UNLV Wyoming game.
1: Mm, What a week for the Broncos, both in Denver. And now in Boise, John Ramos, your Mountain West insider. Almost it is the, the
2: identical situation for both sets of Broncos. Almost the
1: identical <laughs> situation. Hey, hey, same colors. You know, sure. I, that never even dawned on me. But, hey, the orange and blue uh, works out well. Although, it would be nice if maybe the Broncos went back to that shade of blue that uh, Boise uses. That would be, a, that'd be that pretty would be sweet. Good. We're going to get throwback uniforms sooner rather than later, so uh, maybe we will see them. He's Aaron Torres. I'm Dan Pyre. This is the Doug Gottlieb Show here on Fox Sports Radio. So just a recap, Khalil Mack traded to the Chargers this week. Russell Wilson's a member of the Denver Broncos. Aaron Rodgers is sticking around in Green Bay. And Calvin Ridley bet on football. What's really going to be the lasting story in the NFL? We'll discuss next here on Fox Sports Radio. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Doug Gottlieb Show here on Fox Sports Radio. He's Aaron Torres. I'm Dan Bayer sitting in for Doug. On this Thursday, the craziest day in college basketball that you will get all season long. Just with the amount of games and the conference tournaments that are that are getting underway and those that are in full swing. A lot, a lot happening. You have the Players' Championship in golf. NFL free agency is on the horizon and teams making moves. And then, oh yeah. The baseball lockout is over. Brian Fenley will give us details on the lockout ending coming up at the bottom of the hour. We will also tell you the topics that actually should have been negotiated between the owners Players Association. We'll do that after Brian Fenley again gives us the latest coming up in about 10 minutes or so. You can find Aaron on Twitter at Aaron underscore Torres. You can find me on Twitter at Dan Byer on Fox. We are Aaron just on the heels of the news that Khalil Mack traded by the Bears to the Chargers. Second round pick goes to Chicago and a sixth round pick next year also goes to the Bears for the guy that the Raiders traded to Chicago. The Raiders got a haul for him. But just one of the moves that uh, took place this week Obviously, the biggest trade, Russell Wilson, being dealt by the Seahawks to the Broncos. You also had Aaron Rodgers that same day announcing, hey, I'm going back to the Packers. And then way back when, which seems like forever, Calvin Ridley got suspended for the entire 2022 season for betting on NFL games. And Jay Glazer reported, our Fox Sports NFL insider, reported that the Eagles had talked to the Falcons about a deal and Philadelphia really wanted him. The Falcons were just kind of like they had to back out in the end because of what they knew about Ridley, but just an absolutely crazy week how this has all gone down in the NFL.
2: Insane. I mean, just a – ridiculous week, really, when you think about it at its most basic level. Um, and, you know, you kind of have, like, the 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 one, the Calvin Ridley thing is, I think, the most interesting. Um, Russell Wilson's right in the short conversation, obviously. You have those that impact the Super Bowl, all that kind of stuff. You have the stuff that was sort of expected, but we weren't really sure Aaron Rodgers. So, yeah, I mean, it wasn't just that there was a volume of news. It's, it's a lot of different news and a lot of different angles. Let me ask you this real quick. I do want to talk a little bit about Calvin Ridley, but I'm curious uh, because I know you you obviously uh, you talk a lot about the Packers and all that stuff. Seahawks, as you said, is is your team. Who do you think if I gave you the next 10, let's say seven years, okay, let's say five to seven years. Who's winning more Super Bowls? Is it Russell Wilson out of the significantly tougher AFC and specifically AFC West? Or is it possibly Aaron Rodgers in a conference and division with much, much, much less competition but it has it hasn't allowed him to get to a Super Bowl at all. It's, I, I think it's an interesting dilemma: is you have a, a guy with a much easier path that can't seem to get there, but you also have a guy that's a little bit younger, a little bit more, maybe more a few sure. more weapons around him. Who who? If I told you, ten years, go ahead. I've already yeah, I've already got my answer because it's on the heels of what we
1: just talked about. You just need that one year, and so when you look at where the Packers are, their path is easier. And they may not have as many chances as Russell Wilson with Aaron Rodgers as their quarterback, but I still like Green Bay's opportunity just to win it next year. I mean, there's a lot of pressure, and I don't think that Denver is the surefire. I think that when you put Russell Wilson in the hierarchy of the AFC quarterbacks, he actually may be more towards the middle than maybe that you would realize with the quarterbacks that are in that conference. And that's maybe a testament to how good the quarterbacks are. But I also think it's the, to your point of those are the guys that they're competing against. I, I would, I, If Aaron Rodgers is a two-year window at Green Bay, I like those odds a heck of a lot better in a watered-down NFC than I would in the AFC.
2: Totally fair. And that, that would probably be my guess, too. And, and it comes to something you and I kind of talked about during the show prep is, I, I – listen – I understand Russell Wilson wanting out of Seattle. I understand Seattle wanting to get what they viewed to be the best deal. Was it enough? Was it not? They were clearly happy with it. I really don't understand... Why Russell Wilson was in such a rush to get to Denver for all of the reasons that that you just laid out about how hard the path is going to be going forward. And I know they have some young talent, and I know Anthony Tresh laid out the the reasoning, and, and, and are they a little bit more talented roster-wise than maybe a lot of us give them credit for? That is just such a tough path to go through Herbert, who now has you know more weapons on the defensive side of the ball in, in Los Angeles. Obviously, Justin Herbert has nothing to do with him. But the Chargers are more formidable than they were even 24 hours ago. KC, even in a down year, made an AFC championship game. It's just a brutal, brutal, brutal path. I understand why Russell Wilson wanted out of Seattle. But to go to the AFC, to go to the AFC West specifically, it's just going to be a tough road to hoe, man.
1: I, I think it's going to be interesting to see Wilson... In Denver, because there was a report from The Athletic, and we had Softy Mahler uh, on earlier talking about Russell Wilson and his place in Seattle. Russell Wilson's play after he suffered that finger injury and returned after missing just three games was, you know, I I don't want to say subpar, but it wasn't the Russell Wilson that you expected. And then you wonder, all right, was it just the finger? Was Russell Wilson maybe checked out? Because in this piece in The Athletic kind of, you know, detailing what the Seahawks and specifically Russell Wilson and Pete Carroll went through together, it sure seemed that Russ kind of checked out, at least maybe being a Pete Carroll guy. And you wonder if, did it affect his play? Is he going to be rejuvenated in Denver? And to give him the argument and, and not to even play devil's advocate, if you go and win that division, imagine the feather in your cap. And I'm I'm not sold on Kansas City keeping this success Considering the ups and downs that we had seen that uh, you know this past season, I think that that is maybe more of the norm that we will see than maybe their dominance that they had you know two years ago. So maybe that is the the aspect of it. And plus, their athletes—they, I don't know how much they would care. Like I agree, like it is much easier in the NFC, which is why well, I like Aaron Rodgers thing. But to sit there and not want to go to Denver just because they have Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert. I don't know if that enters into the athlete mind.
2: Well, I think it did for Tom Tom Brady, right? I mean, obviously the NFC. I, I know the the South had Sean Payton and Drew Brees at that time, but um, it seemed as though he wanted to avoid Patrick Mahomes, and maybe smartly, he you know he eventually met him in the Super Bowl and beat him head to head. But yeah, I don't know. I just I, I just I. I I know that there weren't a lot of great options in the NFC. Um, and I know there was some Philly buzz and some Giants buzz. And I know the Giants roster is terrible. But if we're also to believe that this guy is an elite quarterback, which he is, uh, I would think that you can attract other talent around you as well. So, listen, I think it's good for the sport. I think it's good for football. I think it's good for for everything, right? The West Coast window all of a sudden now has another uh, team that you have to watch for, for 17 Sundays next year. Um, I just I don't know, man. You know, you have that no trade clause you can demand or or you can kind of deny anywhere that you want to go. So the idea that you're choosing Denver, I I just don't know, man. I I just think that sometimes I, I do think some of these athletes, they get so caught up in I just want out of here. I don't really care where it is. And I think you could argue Denver's probably a better situation than Seattle. I don't think it's like significantly overwhelmingly better because you have a lot of unproven talent, although it is talent in Denver. And then, of course, the division's brutal as well. How long do you think this
1: Ridley story sticks around? Well, like, it's mean, already in the rearview. Like, it, it <laughs> seems like
2: it's already in the rearview mirror this week because of everything that's gone down. Um, what I would say, well, it depends. Right. Because the the last I saw was it is. At minimum, a one year suspension. Mm-hmm. And so, um, it could go away pretty quick. I mean, what, what I would say is maybe it was just because of all the trades and everything, but th- it did feel like there was about a two to three hour news cycle where a couple people in the media tried to make the argument of, oh, is it really that? And then it was like, okay, an hour in, everybody's like, okay, this was really, really, really dumb. So, um, you know, is it going to come back where it's like the biggest topic in sports? I don't know. Um, I know we got to get to Fenley here in a minute, but. Oh, but don't worry know- about it. We're good. Oh, Fen- yeah. okay. Forget Fenley. Yeah. Well, forget, forget that guy. <laughs> right. Brad will be there for us. No, but, you know, I don't know if it'll be the biggest story, but it, it is an interesting one, man. I mean, you know, and again, to go back to a little bit of our show prep, I don't want to, uh, uh, spoil what we do, uh, you know, kind of b- before the show, but I just bring it up because, um, my goodness man, like like there are some excusable behaviors even and this isn 't i 'm not trying to be facetious or funny, but but guys even commit you know criminal acts that you 're like, well,, you know you shouldn 't have been there he shouldn 't have done that, but whatever, but this is just so like. It's the golden rule of sports. I mean, but first of all, all these teams have people speak to them about this exact topic. Do not bet on games. I know it was only fifteen hundred dollars. I don't believe it was malicious. I don't believe it was intended to to make Calvin Ridley a millionaire and um you know he was trying to buck the system or game the system or anything like that. But I mean you just talk about a guy where it's like we like it is the most obvious, like you just cannot do this. And the fact that the guy just did it anyway is just it, it reminds me. Remains three four days later mind-boggling to me. Do
1: you think that weighs into the decision? You know, at some point, Calvin Ridley's going to be available via trade or via free agency. Like, doesn't that weigh in on your decision making? Sure. I mean, not not even like like hey, there's a there's a red check mark on his resume for doing this. It's not even that. And that's if he is allowed to play again, which Doug doesn't. Doug Gottlieb, who's this show is, you know, says that Ridley's not going to play football again. But if he does. It's more of the decision making than the actual PR hit that you would you would take. You're like, all right, did this guy learn from his mistake or is or is he still, you know, dumb enough to not even make bets but just with other decision making. That's where I think that it plays in with Ridley.
2: Oh, there's no doubt. And I mean, it's obvious and and by the way, I I think I do kind of lean more towards Doug is I, I do think there's going to be a lot of pressure on Roger Goodell from his now business partners uh, with these sports books to, to make an example out of Calvin Ridley and I know that he has personal issues that he's dealt with off the field as well so that may be factored into some of Doug's thought process but I, man I just sit there and say exactly what you just said Dan is if you're thinking about bringing this guy in the organization somebody's going to take a chance because somebody always does but I mean you just talk about a guy that, that really I mean and, and I've said this many times like there really are no real rules that these guys have to follow essentially I just brought up you know actual criminal behavior and what I would say is most criminal behavior if you don't end up in jail you're going to find yourself on the field on Sunday if you can perform heck Michael Vick this was a long time ago now but spent a year in federal prison and was signed a couple days later when he got out by the Philadelphia Eagles so literally the only rules that you really have to abide by Don't be dumb enough to get arrested and end up in prison for a significant amount of time. Don't bet on games. And the fact, to your point, that this guy could not follow the simplest rule that everybody knows. And then we find out after the fact, and I'm sure you and Doug talked about this, but Pro Football Talk reports that you can bet on anything else. Could have bet on baseball. Could have bet on basketball. Could have bet on college basketball. And he decides to bet on the NFL. Again, it just goes into exactly what you just said, the entire decision-making process of it all.
1: If you aren't an NFL player, check out the latest lines of the world of sports at BetRivers Sportsbook. BetRivers is the trusted name in online sports betting. Must be 21, must be present in Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, and Pennsylvania to play. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. We tell you the real details on what Major League Baseball needed to hammer out. That, after Brian Fenley gives us the latest, who was patiently waiting for us. But I just, I knew Torres had some Calvin Ridley fire that he wanted to spit. So, Brian, we appreciate it. Give us the latest of what is happening today. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific. I got legendary Hall of Famers, elite coaches, and the top basketball insiders bringing you a unique perspective on all things hoops culture that you will not find anywhere else.
2: To make your next move your best move.
1: And tap in with me on KJ Live, wherever you get your podcast from. Doug Gottlieb's show here on Fox Sports Radio. He's Eric Torres. I'm Dan Byer. Crazy, crazy day. Did you see the end of this Miami-Boston College game?
2: I did. I saw it live, actually. <laughs> hey. I was, I, it was one of the – I just happened to have the channel on when uh, when that game was down to its final couple seconds and then literally at the buzzer, sort of at the buzzer, Miami won.
1: Yeah, man. Crazy, crazy way to end it. I I tweeted earlier in the week that I knew it was March when – because I just assume every game-winning shot is going to mm. go down. And it you know happened last night for Virginia Tech um, I didn't think a, a breakaway layup uh, on, a, on a fast break um, that would end the season for BC, but uh, that's how it all uh, went down. All right, he's Aaron Torres. I'm Dan Byers sitting in for Doug today. Check out the latest launch of the world of sports at Rivers Sportsbook. Rivers is the trusted name in online sports betting. Must be 21, must be present in Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, and Pennsylvania to play. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Let's bring in Fenley. Heck, let's bring in Ryan Bershinger and John Ramos for some fun in the press.
3: The press.
1: Now, Brian's had so much heavy lifting to do today <laughs> because of all of the games of the stories and then the lockout ends that we're going to we're going to let you ease up on the headlines because you've been covering everything. But we do want your input and John's input is going to take a break from the Mountain West and Ryan's input as well. And obviously, Aaron Torres's input. The Major League Baseball lockout is over there. Topics that they have discussed for months, most of them basically solved. But what were the real issues that Major League Baseball owners and the players, what are the real issues to you that they should have been discussing? I'll give you one right off the bat, guys. Ten-run rule in Major League Baseball. You get up by ten, game (laughs) over. It is done. That baby can end. Number one, it would speed up games. Number two, it would save pitching arms. And number three... It's pretty embarrassing to be ten run ruled. Like you never wanted to be ten run ruled. That's what they should have put in for Major League Baseball. Ten run rule needed to be implemented in this CBA.
2: Well, I would add too, it also it does take away the most exciting moment in baseball, which is when the position player ends up pitching late in the game. But with that said, uh, I have an idea as well of what should have been a demand, at least from the players' perspective. You know, they got the minimum wage basically up to $700,000, which is great. I believe they should have demanded juice boxes and orange slices after every game. <laughs> I, think that, that, that's, I mean, it, it's as American as apple pie and fireworks on the 4th of July, and what better way to celebrate a victory, whether you're 4 or 40, Give me an orange slice. Give me a juice box. I'm good to go, baby. Yeah. Don't go in the dugout. Just have them down the left
1: field line as well. (laughs) Then you can end up going home. John Ramos, what did the owners and players actually need to bargain about?
0: Well, the problem was is they wanted to go back to the old school way of baseball. Remember those days when you were like five years old or six, you had that rover out there, that fourth outfielder? (laughs) So they were hung up. The guys wanted to bring in a fourth player in the outfield. The owner said no. So that was hanging up a lot of it, that fourth rover player.
2: Oh,
1: that's what they should have done. The Rover brought back in a very popular in the old game of slow pitch softball as well of the Rover. Over to the news desk with Brian Fenley. What do you wish that the owners and players association actually bargained for?
2: Yeah, my first inclination, guys, was that all the fans at games, they need to have at least 10 beach balls to be hit around
0: amongst (laughs) the fans, but it's actually going to come down to this. Any grown-up that is wearing a replica baseball jersey, authentic, after the game, should be able to run the base
2: that needs to be added.
1: <laughs> like that. Oh, there would be ruptured Achilles Valley between <laughs> second and third if that happened. Pull hamstrings uh, between first and second. Ryan Bershinger, host, by the way, co-host of the podcast Swing Shifts. Is there going to be an emergency pod over the lockout ending, Ryan?
3: Uh, hopefully, yes, in the next couple of days. I, All right. Exactly. <laughs> we're, we're, hey, we're why very wait? busy people. You, you know. know? Hey. Well, it's, yeah. Now we got plenty. Of time um i have a couple that are semi-serious and a couple that are more oh boy who cares about the serious ones (laughs) um hey if we're trying to if we're trying to move along the pace of play i've always said uh you know what takes really long is commercials now i get it commercials are fully important you need commercials because you need that money and of course the owners aren't going to take away commercials what you should do is in the between inning commercial break just do the picture in picture uh, have a uh, oh, show, sure show the other team warming up in the small picture and then he got the commercial going and even have a timer there so that people know how long the commercial break huh. is how about this how
1: about how about the manager must do a live read during a of mound, <laughs> uh, mound visit? what about <laughs> that that, 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 that may be a little though. too inside radio but
2: yeah. <laughs> Ken um, Rosenthal just interviewing Buck Showalter doing a Manscaped read, yeah, I can see that. All right, but that brings up my other point: mic up players. Let's 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 uh, let's yeah. get some
3: mics on the players, have some fun with it. Also, in the home run derby, we should be using aluminum bats and not wood bats because <laughs> I, I want to see how far yeah. those
1: balls will go. We, yeah, we also need to kill the batting practice pitcher that uh, is going to be throwing those and facing that. That'll be good TV. John Ramos, you want back in?
0: Yeah, I was thinking about the fact they were having trouble. Because we want they, the players want to have a do not want to have a player a, a fan in the dugout every inning every oh. inning yeah <laughs> the owners thought it'd be fun to have fans so one inning every inning one fan in each dugout gets to hang out with the players for the nine inning game but the mm. players didn't want to go for that. <laughs>
2: <laughs> when it goes extras, do they do they allow – is that when it, the fun stops and the, the players are allowed to get back their dugout if it goes extras? I, I, I'll say
1: this. If they went extras, that should turn into a home run derby. Mm. Screw the runner starting on second. You know, it's home run derby just like it would be a soccer shootout. That's what you would need to settle games. If it came to the top of the 10th, who cares? Just put your biggest slugger up, and you know they they each have five pitches to, to hit homers. Winner moves on and uh, gets the win. Loser, tough beans. I, I think that I like those it. are the things that baseball fans actually cared about instead of the international draft and the collective bar in the uh, uh, the balance, the competitive balance tax. Oh my goodness, Aaron Torres! It's been fun. We'll do it again on Selection Sunday. How about that? Love it, Dan. Thank you. He's, Era Torres, I'm Dan Beyer. This has been the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Thanks.